0: We're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 2. We're going to talk about the day of Pentecost. We've been on a series of messages about Pentecost, and we're going to be on that this morning. Uh, Today in particular, I want to talk about the power of change. The Holy Spirit brings the power of change. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all, say all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and may God add a blessing to the reading of his word over the last four weeks uh, with one interruption on Father's Day uh, we have been preaching about Pentecost the power of God how how many believes uh, in the power of God amen the the power of the Holy Spirit that uh, is there for us it is not just some obscure power but it is uh, meant for us to use Uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, As we had talked about the last time, uh, Jesus told them to go and to wait for the power. He said, you shall receive the power. And the good news for us today is that that power is still available. Can I get an amen? Uh, The power of the Holy Spirit is still uh, available to us. And Jesus was preparing His disciples for the challenges and the things that would uh, come to pass, the changes that would uh, take place. And one of those changes was uh, the empowering of the Holy Spirit that would come to them on the day of Pentecost. Jesus was always preparing His disciples. He said, go and wait until you have been endued with power. And we talked about that difficulty of waiting. Remember how difficult it is to wait. But there comes a time when God shows up in perfect timing. Can I get an amen? The Lord knows the timing. Many times I've told people that God holds our calendar, that He uh, knows the time. uh, He knows our coming. He knows our going. He knows when moments are coming into our life. And we see this with the disciples. They had went to be there in Jerusalem. They were together. The Bible tells us there were 120 of them. You know, it seems like a small number, but how many knows that God uh, can use little things to do big things? Amen? Uh, And we see that the power of the Holy Spirit had come down, and it was going to come on the day of Pentecost. The Word here tells us when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Can I tell you that God is always on time, that God is never late, that God does things in His own way, His own will. Uh, sometimes we want to get behind Him, sometimes we want to try to get in front of Him, but it's best when we flow with the Holy Spirit and God shows up right on time. How many have experienced that uh, God showing up right on time when you thought it was too late? Uh, And that's the power of the Holy Spirit, to show up on time. Look at your neighbor and say he's an on-time God. And so we see that the Holy Spirit comes. It's the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost is... For the Israelites that were there, it was a celebration. It was a festival, and many people had come into Jerusalem, and they were celebrating uh, the first fruits of the harvest. In other words, the grain that had just came in. They would bring that to the priest who would offer it up. Uh, He would literally kind of heave it or wave it up to the Lord, uh, and it was a celebration of harvests. And we see here now in the New Testament that there is going to be a harvest of souls that come. Uh, The Lord has birthed His church by the coming of the Holy Spirit, and we see a great harvest of souls uh, that has continued to this day. And so uh, we're celebrating Pentecost, uh, which is a, a harvest of the greatest thing that you could ever harvest, which is a soul for the kingdom of God. It was a fulfillment of God's promise in the book of Joel. Now, I want you to think about something. In Joel's day, he prophesied that God would send His Spirit upon all flesh. And it was hundreds of years later before God did it. And so in Joel's day, he would have been thought that he was a false prophet because God didn't move uh, right then and right there. But how many knows that God has a perfect timing, what we've been talking about, right? So here is the fulfillment of the promise, the word of God, the prophet uh, of Joel, who says, and I will pour out upon all flesh your sons, your daughters. I, I'm going to pour out on your uh, the old and the young. I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon your handmaidens and upon your servants. And so uh, we see that God never lies. God shows up on time, and it's always perfect when God shows up. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and the Bible tells us that they were all with one accord in one place. When I read the scriptures, I want to see what's there and I want to see what's not there. Uh, many times what is not there will speak to us as much as what is there. They were all with one accord and one place. Notice uh, the environment that the Holy Spirit shows up in. It is not an environment of pride of fussing and fighting and having your own way. But the environment, help me, Holy Spirit, the environment uh, is an environment where we prefer one another, where we treat one another like brothers and sisters and where we stay together. Can I get a witness that sometimes it's easier to leave than it is to stay? And we see here are these disciples there together, there with the multitude of them, and they stayed in that place that God had designed for them. They stayed there. Uh, They might have got tired uh, of looking at each other. They might have uh, been annoyed with one another, but they stayed, and they worked in community, and they worked in unity. And can I tell you that that is the environment that the Holy Spirit will honor, and He will show up, When we work together in unity, God blesses unity. Can I get an amen this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, God uh, needs me and you together. Uh, It's us working together, uh, and it takes humility to stay in unity. When we come together and we put our own agendas aside, that is when the Holy Spirit will show up. Uh, Whenever we prefer one another, whenever we uh, honor one another, whenever we sacrifice, that is uh, the environment that the Holy Spirit will show up in. How many want the Holy Spirit to show up? Amen? Uh, So what we see here is that environment where the Holy Spirit comes in and He does a great work. Now look, there's a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And that wind is, the, is an illustration of the power and the presence of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, wind of God, and blow upon your people. Bring a refreshing, bring a renewing. You see there's the, the sound of a rushing mighty wind that is the pneuma of the New Testament, the the breath of God, that is the ruach of the Old Testament, that is the essence of God. And so you see that uh, the power of God came rushing into that wind and began to breathe new life into the church and they were revived and they were uh, brought up and they were strengthened and they were renewed in that breath of God. I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 2. And when God created man, what did He do? He breathed life into him. The Bible tells us that He made Adam out of the dirt, out of the clay of the earth. And here is Adam, this spectacle, this handiwork of God, and he's standing erect, But there's no life in him, hear me, until God breathes his Ruach, the breath of God, the essence of his power, the essence of his glory into Adam, and then he is animated, then he is empowered, then he can do what God has called him to do. Uh, it reminds us of, of Ezekiel chapter 37, and I believe that those that were there that day would maybe have remembered this uh, prophecy uh, of Ezekiel as he sees this sand in the, and the desert that is filled with nothing but dry bones. And God begins to assemble them. You, you see, you have to have an assembly, a, a, a unity a coming together. See, God always tells us what He's going to do. And those bones came together. Kind of reminds you of the, you know, the knee bones connected to the shin bone. And the... But God began to erect those bones together. But there was a problem. Those bones had no power within them. They were assembled You see, there is a danger in assembling and there not being the breath and the power of God. They will do no good without the breath and the power of God. But whenever Ezekiel prophesied uh, to those bones, not only did they come together, but the wind from the four sides of heaven began to come and to begin to breathe life into them, to animate them, to fill them with power, to fill them with the glory of God. And they rose up, a mighty army to the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Breathe upon us. Breathe into us. Animate us. Make us what God has called us to be. You see, imagine this. God breathed His essence into His disciples. And the essence and the desire and the purpose of God is to save His people. Jesus, the representation of the Father, the One who came, said, I come to seek and to save the lost. And what the Holy Spirit did to these men and to these women. Many times as Pentecostals, we concentrate, and there's it does happen, but we concentrate upon the power, maybe the, the shaking, the, the trembling that might happen as the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Or we focus upon even the miracles, which all those things do happen. But the power and the anointing and the breath of God comes uh, to animate us that we might have a voice, hear me, that we might have a voice that the world would know about Jesus, that they would come to Him, uh, that they would be saved, that they would be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His marvelous light. And so that's the power and the glory of God as it comes down upon his disciples animates them it gives them a desire to see the human race saved pentecost is the beginning of world missions i'm so thankful that we have a heart for missions that's the heart of god that's the essence of what god is about when we read our Bible and we see from the beginning to the end that it is God who pursues us. God, and We, we don't really come to God. We talk about coming to Him. But He draws us and He uh, moves and He uses the power of His Holy Spirit to draw us. And God, the whole Bible, is talking about the pursuit of God to reconcile with His people again. It's a love story. God comes to save humanity who has gone off in sin. They came together. They were unified. And tongues of fire set upon each one of them. Fire is the symbol of consecration. It's a symbol of being set apart. Of being purified. Fire uh, burns. It purifies and it brings... Honor to God whenever the Holy Spirit has set fire upon us. It is a symbol of transformation. Fire changes whatever it touches. If you don't believe me, go home, turn on your stove, let it get good and hot, and touch your finger to it. It will change you. It will burn you will feel it. You'll it never be the same. You might even uh, have a scar later on. This morning I was talking about my oldest son. We were at the house on Hanover Street. And I looked out the window and Kevin's out there just having a good time. And then I don't see him and I look out there again and I see him running from the garage and he runs over, and he turns on the water on the outside spigot, and he grabs the hose, and he runs to the garage. Now, I'm smart enough to know that something wasn't quite right. And he goes over there, and he's able to put out the fire. But can I tell you that my tool shelf was never the same? It had burn marks on it. I mean, you know, it was scorched, all of those things. But he also, in attempting to put out the fire, was burned himself. You see, fire changes whatever it touches. And the work of the Holy Spirit isn't meant to bring damage. The work of the Spirit is meant to bring life and transformation. And it is this power of this Holy Spirit that it sets upon each one of them. None of them are left out. How many knows the Spirit is for each one of us? None of them are left out. They are all empowered. They are all changed. They are all effective in the calling that God had put upon their life. Look at these disciples. Before Jesus' resurrection, at the time of His crucifixion, They're a ragtag group. Weak, confused, scared, timid, hiding, divided, lacking faith. But after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, There is a transformation that we cannot help but notice. They are no longer confused. They understand the plan of God for salvation. They're united as never before. The Holy Spirit had changed them forever. I want you to know when you experience the power of the Holy Spirit that you will never be the same again. Can I get an amen? You will never be the same Uh, You will be changed forever because the Holy Spirit has done a work on your life. So really the question for us today is are you willing to be transformed by the fire of the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us? Our world needs change. Can I get a witness this morning? Our world needs change. It's gone off the deep end. It's gone uh, away from God. It's gone uh, down a path that uh, if they don't experience the changing power of God, then there will be destruction. But the Holy Spirit has come to empower us. The Holy Spirit used the disciples to turn their world upside down. And we talk about that and we rejoice and we're excited. They turned the world upside down. But should we not have the same expectation for ourselves? Hear me. Do not think that that was a special day and a work of the Holy Spirit uh, that would only happen then. But the power of the Holy Spirit is the same power today as it was back then. It set upon people then and empowered them then, and it empowers us now to change our world and to turn it upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ought to have a great expectation. Amen? A great expectation. That's what the power of the Spirit does. It creates change. It creates change. And our world, our society, our day, our age needs the change of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit's available today. Whenever people or circumstances tell you that you're inadequate or that you're inferior, it's the Holy Spirit that comes and brings courage and boldness Leaves you without fear and intimidation. It is a power that is beyond your own. If you try to do this on your own, you'll fail. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do it. You can be a greater witness than you ever imagined. It's a power beyond our own. Look at this man, Peter. Here is a disciple who is very bold and very brash. He has a tendency to speak before he should and to act before he should. Many times ends up with his foot in his mouth being corrected by Jesus. Think about him. As Jesus is going to the cross, Peter is confronted and he denies Christ not once, not twice, but three times. And you would think that God might be done with him. This ought to preach to you. It ought to speak to you. For when you fail, God is not done with you. And you can come back and he'll use you and he'll he'll, he'll empower you and he'll change you. But after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Peter begins to preach to the crowd who had gathered that day because of the Feast of Harvest. And there was going to be a harvest, praise the Lord. And he begins to preach, and he's not uh, bashful, but he's bold, and he's courageous. And he begins to uh, use his tongue that the Holy Spirit had uh, used to speak in other languages. And he begins to declare the goodness and the mercy and the saving plan of God. And 3,000 people come to salvation in one service. One service sitting i challenge you i challenge you will you allow the holy spirit to change you pastor i'm i'm not peter i'm not any of the disciples i'm i'm just little old me that's the best news of all look what jesus did with his disciples those who followed him the holy spirit took fishermen former prostitutes former demon-possessed people, ex-religious leaders, tax collectors, and He formed them into a united group of disciples that we call the church. You see, God can take the ordinary at people and He can transform them by the power of the Holy Spirit into everything that He has called them to be. I talked about the disciples who were hiding out afraid that they were going to be the next to be crucified. But after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, something drastic, something uh, astounding happens to them. Look at the stories of the ends of their life and how God used them. Andrew, Peter's brother, he died by crucifixion on an X-shaped cross. He was hung alive for two days. And all the while he preached the gospel to the onlookers. He exhorted them to know Jesus. Bartholomew, skinned alive, crucified with his head downward. He preached the gospel in Iraq, in Iran, in Ethiopia, in Arabia, and in India. This is what tradition tells us, that James the Greater. I mean, those there's James the Greater and James the Lesser? that James the Greater was beheaded with a sword. And because of his courage and his boldness, his accuser was converted and he was beheaded with James. Peter, crucified upside down at his own request because he did not feel worthy to be crucified like his master. Why do I talk about these men? Can I tell you it's not limited to men. God's Spirit poured out upon all flesh. Why do I talk about these men and what they did? Because I believe that God is calling us to be this committed, to, the, to be uh, this empowered by the Holy Spirit, that God, if He can use them like that, then He can use us like that. To change our world. There's a power of change. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Is it changes us. My mom can attest to this. When I was a young boy, I was very bashful and shy. Up until I was about 12 years old. But God began to work a work in me. begin to change something in my life. Never say God can't use you. God can empower you.